two, one. Delighted to be joined here by Sligo senior footballer um, Niall Murphy. Um, Niall, you're back with Sligo this year, but I suppose being away, travelling last year, how did you find it being away with no football? Yeah, it was definitely uh, definitely different. Um, like it took me a long time to, to make the decision, um, probably too long. I was fretting over it for about a month or so back in November, December. Uh, I was happy then when I made the decision, but anyway, yeah, it was it was difficult. Like it was definitely difficult um, watching the club during the summer. Um, that was probably the hardest thing. I was watching them in quarterfinal, uh, semi-final as well. They were just they just lost by a point. So that was definitely difficult. That was probably the first time I really felt uh, homesick. Um, I know I was watching the uh, semi-final in in New York, and the the final was going to be maybe fifteen days after, and I. And, you know, half looking at flights as well coming home that I was going to be able to do my 14-day quarantine and then going to be available for the day after. Um, but no, they were, the boys were lucky they lost. But yeah, no, it was definitely, it was, it was difficult watching that, but I was definitely happy to, to make the decision and, and yeah, I definitely enjoyed my, my year away. Um, we've seen people going away traveling, whether it's going around the world or going to America. Do you just leave the setup alone and I suppose just kind of forget about it and just enjoy your time really when you're away from an inter county setup? Yeah, look, that's such a choice. Um, there's probably a bit of separation and way that comes with it as well. Like, um, uh, like I know my brother was involved and I tried to not, not chat with him and see what's going on or try to not annoy him or anything as well. But yeah, it is a start, but yeah, you just get used to it. You don't keep an eye on the board and they're both the first couple of matches before I left. That's how you play in the league. And they're both two of them. So that was, that was a nice big support for someone. And, but no, like, you just get used to it over time. You know, you, you get said, like, you know, it's a long time to make decisions. I knew it was the right one and I was happy with that as well. Absolutely. And like a bit of a nightmare, nightmare of a year for Sligo not getting to play in the championship and being away from it, like just seeing what happened and from being involved in the setup, there must be a small bit of anger between Sligo footballers. Yeah, I think like, again, I wasn't involved in a record club. Not sure, you know, what, what really happened. Like, obviously, it was a huge disappointment for the lads not, not being able to play. But, you know, especially with the lads, you know, quarantine and lockdown, like, we're training higher over that period to get a chance at staying involved in personally myself. Every game, you always want to play, like, you want to play the top team. So, not getting that chance was, was obviously difficult to take control of, and, you know, probably taking out their, their uh, ability to make that decision. The fact that, unfortunately, you know, players can just play around the camp very quickly, and there's a large number of lads in the it. So, and yeah, the county board, I think, just demanding to make the decision to hire the team and, 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 and you know, uh, not fill the picture, but and get it all the full extent of it. Yeah, it definitely, definitely did for them. So, again, from the first point of view, we're looking forward to watching that in mind, so I'll be disappointed myself not to see that game. Yeah, and like the last few years with Slime, going down to Division 4, being it, as competitive in Connacht as you would like. We put the struggle in recent years down to for Sligo football. Yeah, 
that ruthlessness because they don't know any really that well personally. Yeah, exactly. And we're probably quite used to it here in Sligo, like down through the years. So I've been involved anyway, like we've always had outside men, uh, be it on, in the background team or, or as manager. So yeah, look, like Tony's coming in there with that experience across the land with maybe that thickness that, that the Nordies usually have, which yeah. is definitely definitely a good thing. And like had a couple of conversations with him and you know, he's straight to the point and he's, he's straight down the line, which is which is great. And maybe what we need, like, down in Division Four, like you know, um, you know, we need everyone like you know on, on that same rope, same rope moving forward. So yeah, look, it's definitely a positive, and you know, we'll be looking to tap into that experience, especially like Paul and, and Tony there, as I said, Mercy B as well. So yeah, looking looking forward to working with them definitely. And you mentioned Division Four as a name, and like to get to conic finals, but Division Four is obviously a huge goal. And developing that consistency really must be a huge aim to try and get to the Galway and the Roscommon and Mayo's level. Exactly, yeah. Like that, that, that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, last couple of years, like it's been the consistency really that set us down. And probably the same last year in Division 4 with the lads, like, you know, they had a couple of great results beating Wexford down in Wexford and then you know, losing to Waterford at home. Like, you know, it's a huge, you know, there's no consistency there. So that's definitely one thing you can work on um, and obviously like yeah you want that consistency and a bit of or a couple of wins in your back behind your back to, you know really start to put it up to like the Galway or Salmon and Mayo but that, that's what you want to that's what you want to aim for that's what we're you know you train hard for for those bigger games but yeah foundations that you put in at the bottom that you know will help you get over the line against those bigger teams and the majority of a lot of this team um, have came from that under-21 Connacht final against Galway where they took them to extra time. Paddy O'Connor, Kyle Cawley, Red Oak Murphy coming in. I know it's been hard, obviously, losing games, but it'll be a huge learning curve for these younger players coming in as well, knowing that they're not going to get everything easy at senior level. Exactly, yeah. And like as I said there earlier, about two or three years ago, that you know, the management that was in place brought in a lot of these younger lads. And we had an extremely, extremely young team two years ago. We still have a very, very young team now, but you know, maybe as years gone by, those players wouldn't have, you know, got a chance as, as early in their own career. So, you know, there's lads there at 22, 23 now who have, you know, played championship, who played a couple of league campaigns, and you know, they're all in the back pocket. So, yeah, you'd hope to think that you know they can they can dip into that experience and, and the learnings they've had, you know, to use that going forward. But yeah, look, that you'd be hoping now that. Well, the younger lads, I know we're talking about the younger lads off, but they're at the 22, 23 age now that you know, they have the experience there and, um, you know, hopefully the wealth of knowledge moving forward that we can, you know, start to jump up to the top table again. And as well, like, with the way Jake is at the moment, like, are we finding as players doing everything through Zoom, doing your running, um, doing your skills on your own? Like, how do, how do you find that? Yeah, it's different. Like I'm, as I said, I'm only back a couple of days, so you know, training myself. Um, but no, I, I've enjoyed it. Like, um, like it, I won't say this time of year, but pre-season, let's say October, November, you you do a lot of work on your own anyway. Um, you know, running, skill work, gym work on your own as well. So it's kind of that that period that I find myself in now, especially just coming back from being away, and you know, I'm like I'm enjoying it. Maybe not enjoying the run when you're in the middle of it, but definitely when you come off the field after, like you, you obviously feel great about yourself, um, and you feel like you know you've a you've a session under the belt. But 
yeah, the Zoom thing then as well, like it's a bit different. Like we were had a couple of Zoom calls there over the last couple of weeks and um, Zoom calls within Zoom calls where you're breaking out into small little groups within the Zoom. So it's, it's definitely different. But look, it serves a purpose and you can get the job done. Maybe it's obviously a bit easier face to face. But yeah, it's just the situation we're in and, and what we have to do. And uh, you know, hopefully come March, we'll be back on the field. Is it a time for players as well, really, to get back to the basics and focus more on the skills? Because maybe we haven't seen players in the last few years focusing enough on the skills because there was so much strength and conditioning work and pre-season work to do. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's definitely a very, very good point. Um, and, you know, I, I probably fell into that trap as well. Um, definitely was thinking about that recently where you probably don't get as much hands on the ball as you, as you should. Um, definitely, I, as I said, fell into that trap over the last couple of years where you know, I would have, if I had a you know, free half an hour or free hour in my hands, I would have got into the gym or I would have got out running instead of getting the ball in hand. I think, I don't know why I did that. It's probably something I regret, but I think it was just a sign of the times where there was such an emphasis and a, and a focus on, on strength and conditioning and you know, getting strong, getting lean, getting powerful and getting athletic where sometimes you kind of forgot you know, the, main, the main point of the sport is is, uh, is with the football so definitely something I've done um, something like I've done even this week and even done this morning was just getting the ball against the wall um, up at our own pitch there with kind of a net um, I don't know what they're called but yeah like spending just 10-15 minutes of that which are which are left which are bad foot um, yeah something I'm going to start doing a lot more uh, this year something I've probably neglected uh, over the years and yeah it's definitely very uh, a good point that you're after making do you feel now, like you mentioned, focusing on the skills, but do you feel now we're kind of going past this stage of the blanket defence and the skills are really starting to come back into the game? Um, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. Uh, like, I suppose if, you know, we all talk about the Dublins and the Kerrys playing great football, but if you're at those games, you'll, there'll be times in those games where you still have, you know, 13, 14, 15 men behind the ball. So, what I would say is I think you know teams are getting used to it a lot more. They're maybe playing a basketball style game at times. Um, obviously, I, I, would, I would say that most teams try to keep a couple of forwards up, but they can also adapt to, to that game as well as these fit. And I think that's what you're going to see going forward. I think you're going to you're going to see teams playing a couple of different strands of football. So at times they might get 14, 15 men behind the ball. At times they might leave three or four forwards up. And um, I think another thing about that is like. There's so many attacking fullbacks or cornerbacks in the game this day that you just have to track them. Whereas maybe years ago you wouldn't have had that. You wouldn't have had fullbacks moving forward or cornerbacks moving forward. So tracking runners is a big thing. And you know straight away if you two cornerbacks uh, tearing up the field, you two your corner forwards you're going to be back in a defensive position. Then it's you know it's very very easy to get caught or to get trapped into that very very defensive shape. But look, I think it. I think teams are adapting. Um, like we've probably seen Donegal many amount of years ago we've seen them doing it where they bring men back but they weren't getting big scores on the board and then you know, the next year or two to develop that into bringing the men back but moving forward and getting getting a few extra scores on the board so I think teams are just adapting to it and getting a bit more used to maybe a bit more fitter that, that they can do both hands of it which uh, hopefully moving forward you would you would like to see the skill level and skill elements you know improving a lot and um, I think the fact that league is going to start a bit later this year the ground will be a bit harder you'll see a bit more open football as well which which will be good to see 
Would you ever find it challenging as an inside man, like we've you mentioned there, cornerbacks coming forward all the time, like we've seen Oshin Mullen driving forward at any stage you got from Mayo, like numerous cornerbacks across the country. Like, I suppose when that really came into the game in the last few years where most teams started doing it, would you find it challenging having to chase back after them? Yeah, you're lucky, you definitely would. As a inside forward, as a selfish player, you don't want to be you don't want to be down in the, the full back line or the half back line. So yeah, it's definitely difficult. Like, but um, thankfully, I've never come up against Oshin Mullen or any of them yet. Like the last year or two, now in fairness, like just two lads have just taken it to a different level. Uh, him being one of them, obviously, um, carry of a couple of nice uh, cornerbacks as well that that get up the field too. So. It's difficult, but you know, it's a challenge you, you want to accept and you want to meet head on. And, um, you know, like anything new for the game is obviously good. Um, ourselves, you know, you'd always be promoting cornerbacks or the fullback line to get up the field and get up and around. And, you know, other other players may come back and help out and, you know, block the spaces off. But, yeah, and it was, I suppose, from, from the other point of view there that you mentioned, you know, from players coming back, it can be frustrating playing inside against blanket defences like that. but Again, it's just a different challenge. Like it's something teams are definitely working on a lot in the training ground. It's something we've worked on at both Trouble County. And, you know, being being patient or you know working the sidelines and, and and things like that. So they're all different challenges. I'm sure over the next couple of years you'll see some new and uh, more initiative formats of, of attacking or defending as well. And you mentioned there like having a system and being patient. But how frustrating is it like when you're trying? To stick to the system, be patient, work the ball in, and all you're hearing is your supporters shouting to kick the ball in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there's definitely a few supporters in Sligo guilty of that one. Um, yeah, look, it, it, it is frustrating. Like as an inside forward, and you see a couple of sweepers in front of you, like it's it's frustrating. Um, but you suppose you get used to it now, and you're expecting it at this stage. I suppose like you know, teams are you know are fit and are are sharp. You know, to to bring theirs back and then to protect the house at home. So, um, yeah, it's just an element that you have to well, get used to and work on. And it was not take in the outside noise and um, supporters roaring in. You just have to stick to your own process. Uh, and that famous word that, that that's bubbling about now. But yeah, that's what you have to do. Like you know, like teams will will have their own maybe plays or set plays or uh, different ways in which to set up for different types of scenarios and different types of attacks. So. Yeah, it's just something you have to get used to and, and, and play on with. You mentioned your your away last year, so you didn't get to experience the new rules too much. Um, but like the inside mark, does it frustrate you? Like we've seen numerous times Dublin have done it, loads of teams have done it where they're just catching a ball and it's travelling very little. Like what have you made of the new rules? Yeah, um like I think it, it's it's hard to say. Obviously, I haven't I haven't actually tried the rules yet myself um, to a full extent. But like I think there is some elements of it that I do, that I don't mind or that I do like. What I what I would probably change is maybe maybe move it to like an inside twenty one um, instead of that inside the forty five. Because the times during the year you see a kick pass. A 15 meter or 10 meter kick pass just from outside the 65 or around the 65 popped into that 45 yard area and lads taking marks. So for that, I would probably get rid of that. 
the, that, that from the 45 to the 21 and just move it inside the 21-yard line. <clears throat> I would like to see that maybe for a year or for just on a league basis. Um, but yeah, look, it, it, you know, there's times in the there in the final there. I think Killian O'Connor took a few marks. Uh, obviously, well worked from from Mill's point of view when they're using the rules of the game to their own uh, expertise. But like, there's, there's also an element of the supporter watching on that you want to see in that in that instance. You want to see the, the foot forward or the corner forward taking on his man and you know, trying to go around his man and beat him. So there's an element of that that's probably been lost. I think if you move that back inside the 21 or maybe even the 13, the 13 probably a bit too uh, small. But um, yeah, it's an element of the game that probably has been lost a little bit. And like looking back, I suppose to Sligo in previous years, 2013 um, with Kevin Walsh Overy and going over to London um, and getting beaten, that must have been very hard as a player. And then coming home to Sligo, and I'm sure there was a lot of criticism after that London defeat. Yeah, there was. Um, I was young at the time now, so yeah, uh, that was definitely a, a difficult one. Um, you know. Was deservedly we were beaten on the day by by a better team, but um yeah that was definitely a tough one to take. Like we got the flight home that day, and you're kind of half open that the flight wouldn't stop, that you just keep going. Like but yeah we yeah we landed down and there was lots of criticism and and, and rightly so. Um you know very very deserved I suppose that. Not sure had London taken any scalps at that stage. We were probably the first, so um yeah obviously there's a little maybe an embarrassment is, is too strong a word. Um. To use, but there was, yeah, there was a little bit of that. But look, look, look fair play to London. Like you, you see them now, the work they're doing. Like I've had some mates who've been involved with, with the team over there as well, and like it's very, very professional. I know Kieran Dealey was involved over the last couple of years, and um, you know he's a smart man, smart individual there. So look, it's great to see. I think you know in the future they'll take some more scouts. You know those those scouts might might turn into a more routine thing or a more normalised uh, thing. So. Look, it's good to see for the GA, it's good to see for football that you know, there's, you know the football's thriving over in London and yeah, hopefully like from a conic perspective, you know, we've only whatever it is, five or six teams. So it'd be nice to, you know, get them in and get them more competitive and you know, giving games to even the likes of my own or Salmon and Gaul. So it's only a positive moving forward for, for Connick. And like going to New York and London, like when you travel over it must be hard in one sense as amateur players, your job is to get to results and like there's so much stuff around you, you're trying not to get distracted. It must be challenging. Yeah, like, in fairness, been, I think I've been on two uh, New York trips. Um, but, like, I suppose the management of everything set up in a way that so you're not getting involved in, in that. There might, you know, there is sort of functions and, and meals and stuff like that that does happen, but you're not aware of them, really, to be honest. There might be a few lads who are injured who might, who might attend them, but you'd never hear about it. Like, you're just focused on the game itself. Um, so the hardest thing in, in New York maybe is like the jet lag or getting diff- getting used to the time difference is, is probably the most difficult thing that you're that you're worried about. But yeah, like you just you just block out the noise really. And like with New York, have have been taking have been bringing teams close over the last couple of years, like ourselves. Leitrim, I think, uh, went that went to extra time. They had Roscommon another year on the rack and Mayo another year on the rack. So like it's a huge game. Like and, you know, they've always quality players there. So. Yeah, like you just take it like it's the game here at home and you're focused on you know on what's on hand and, and the game ahead. And twenty thirteen, um, you were just new to the panel, but like some serious Sligo players when you look back at the team, Mark Brenny, Adrian Marin, Eamon O'Hara, Charlie Harrison, 
Ross Donovan. Like, you must have learned a lot from them players. Yeah, like, yeah, something I was probably thinking of recently. Like, you don't, um, uh, like, respect maybe or not, maybe not respect, but understand of you know the level of these players that are going on that you're training with every day until they actually leave and you kind of look back now and none of them players there as you said are involved anymore and you, you definitely miss them around like you know the level some of them guys were at was was, was huge like um like so O'Hara there Charlie Ross and uh, they've all had like all-star nominations or are all-stars um a few other lads Mark Rennie David Kelly or for all close to that is as well so yeah like it's definitely something uh, you didn't heed when you were involved with them and it's something now that you look back on like you know when, when they're not involved that you know how much you'd miss them around the place or you know how much extra time or more time you'd have for them as, as couplers but as I said earlier like you know a lot of those lads left around the same period you know they, you definitely miss their their stamp on the team like you know they're all they're all very good lads and um, you know set the culture around the place and you know they were they were always five or six lads that you were you were looking up to in terms of how to prepare yourself as, as a counselor there and how to how to act and and um you know commit yourself to the team so yeah look big loss and like in fact now that you you can look at them from the outside like yeah you, you definitely listen around the place and uh, have a lot more respect for them and then players you've mentioned they have been on a different level but what do you think them players done when you were involved in the setup to get to that level yeah, good question. Um, like I think just their commitment was was massive. Like you know, I, I look look at them now and you know remember little things that they might have done or said or how they prepared. Like you know, they, all them lads there that also just looked after themselves a hundred percent. Like you know, every decision they made every day was was for them to supposed to get a win at the weekend or to just get their body in the right shape for for a match at the weekend or whatever that may be. So. Yeah, like you definitely learn a lot from them. I'm probably learning more now, you know, looking back on, on things you used to say or how they used to um well, equip themselves around around the place. But yeah, like definitely huge learning taken from, from lads like that. And like a, a key element of that team really was like you're looking at Harrison, Brendan Egan, Ross Dunvin Egan and Max, like a hard edge was what Sligo had and that must be now what you, you want to try and get back into this Sligo team. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, like I suppose when I grew up, I was watching Sligo compete at, at a top level. Like, you know, if you started the early noughties there, Sligo were in Cove Park, up against like the Tyrone or Mad, they were taking scalps off them. And you move forward in 2007, they won a Connacht title. 2010, they beat Galway, Mayo. 2012, lost Mayo by two points in a in a Connacht final. So, well, yeah, look, I grew up watching that, and that's maybe stupidly is where I envisage Sligo being and maybe I'm a bit naive in saying that but that's that's what I grew up watching and the games I grew up going to as I was involved in 2012 and 15 kind of finals so that's where you want to get back to like we've a young squad at the moment and you're hoping you know in 10 years time you're, you're looking back at some of those players and, and you know matching them against the likes of Charlie Harrison or Ross Donovan or Brendan Egan or some of them and you're comparing like for like so yeah that's the level like I would hope to be to be getting back to in the next sooner rather than later. And like Sligo Colleges as well at post primary level, Summerhill attracted, they've been very competitive. But do, do you feel there's kind of maybe a drop off rate where we're not seeing some of these players 
like go all the way to playing with Sligo at senior level? Yeah, there is like um, in Sligo here, like we have we've fairly competitive sport and field. So, um, you know, like Sligo rugby club here, who are up in AIL at the moment, we have a couple of lads even playing with Connacht and Connacht Eagles. Um, and then the likes of Hurling has come on a long way in fairness. And they're up on Christie Ring level now, I think, at this stage. And soccer, obviously, is, is a big one. Like, it's like Rovers here in, in town as well, who who would pull a lot of players in. So, um, yeah, the, the strong, strong competition round. Um, maybe the other counties don't have that to a degree or to a level um, of what we have here. But, yeah, look, you want, like, from self point of view, you want lads committing to cyber football. Um, obviously, at that 17, 18 age, Bracket where they're making those decisions. You want them to come, come and play with play with the football footballers. But yeah, I think there's plenty of elements and and things that can be improved on for that to happen. But probably the one at the top of the tree is is the Sligo footballers doing well. So and um, you've young lads, you know, hopefully will be will be looking up to the to the GA team, see how they how they're doing. And um, was when I was younger, I was looking up and, and watching them, you know win Connacht finals and go to Connacht finals and you know obviously you want to be there and, and represent that so yeah like there's loads of different you know parts to it that you can you know help or steer them in the, in the right direction selfishly but um, yeah us, us, us competing and, and doing well is probably you know top of that tree and tier two looks like it's going to be implemented this year still very hard to know uh, with the Talton Cup um at the moment, like if you don't get to the Connell final, you will be in tier two. What's your thoughts on a tier two football championship? Uh, undecided, really, to be honest. Um, I'd probably like to see it in action first, you know, before I really comment on it. Um, you'd ask me probably two years ago, I would have said, no way, like, um, and I'm probably still staring in that direction a little bit, but I've seen a couple of formats. Uh, the last while and in fairness like I've, I've liked to look at some of them um, I think there was two different proposals now are on the table for uh, Congress to decide on and like I, I do like to look at both of them I think you have an option of you know always competing for Sam which I think is, is very important going forward that you'll always have that chance of, of being in that bracket so that's, that's you know, one element of it that I, that I do like and think that should be kept going forward that you, know, you have that chance so like I think the biggest thing I've always maybe harped on about and worried about is game time. So over the last couple of years, we've probably had an average of maybe nine or 10 games. And that's throughout a period of maybe eight months. Like you consider, let's say you're back in November, October, November is when you usually start back training. And you'd have maybe eight games, like which would actually average out as maybe one game a month or one, maybe, you know, maybe two games if you're very, very lucky. So the big thing I've always wanted is extra games, more games, more games. Like we'd, Typically in the summer, we might have two games, three, four, if we're very, very lucky. And I think these new formats are going to uh, bring in more games. I think there was in, the two formats had a minimum, minimum of maybe 11 and 13 games into doing them, which is great, uh, great for us. And I think you have more access of potentially playing some of the bigger teams uh, as well. So like that, that's the main thing I, I, would, I would be worried about or that I would focus on is that you know, we would get more games, more games in the summer and you know we have that chance to play in for Sam as well. Yeah, a few people talked last year, I suppose, about not making it an open championship. They went with the provincial structure. Do you think it'd be better 
say if they made the provincial championship a pre-season competition and as you were saying there an open championship maybe eight groups of four or something and the top four go into the Sam Maguire and then the bottom four go into the Salton Cup so everyone has a chance as you were saying of competing for Sam Maguire yeah and I think that's actually very close to one of the formats at the moment uh, that's been put to con- Congress so yeah like I think one of them was that to be sort of a open draws in, in Connacht or to be a group stage in Connacht so you know if that was to happen we'd get the chance to play in Golden Hill and Rosamond we'd have three top games early in the year which would set you up you know for the year ahead and obviously you know the more access you have to those teams the more you can improve the more you can learn on whereas the years gone by like we would have played division four teams then we would have been thrown in against goal let's say so you're gone from playing division four standard team uh to straight into playing goal in a championship game and you know you'd always get a little bit of a shock when you go up against them because you're not used to the was intensity or, or the level that they're at so yeah, like that format that you're mentioning there, that you're close to, is, is definitely something that I would like to see. Um, and again, that has more games. So you have provincial level, you'll have four or five games. You probably have five or six teams maybe in Connacht with, with London included. So, and then you go into your maybe league stand, league base during the summer with the eye of maybe getting promoted to the Sam Maguire or winning the Halsey Cup. So, yeah, like it's, again, it's more games. It's, something I'm probably in favour of. Uh, I'd like to look more at the proposals and the formats that have been drawn up uh, a little bit more to understand them. But um, yeah, I think I think the two of them are definitely, uh, they're a little bit better than, than what we have now anyway. And like coming back this year as well, it must be uh, in one aspect that the county and club looks like it's finally going to be split because like the way it was, must be extremely hard as an inter-county footballer going straight back to your club and everyone's expecting you to run the show, really. Yeah, um, yeah, look, it seemed to work really well uh, last year. Um, definitely in, in favour of it, but are not both, but um, I think it's, it, it'll probably be similar. Like, it has been split if we really look at it down through the years, like, especially for ourselves, we would rarely play championship until it's like we're knocked out. So I think there, maybe in that sense, there's not going to be a huge change. Um, I know other counties were, some of them were actually playing club championship in the middle of the, the county season, which I, which is definitely not right. I don't think, um, you know, on behalf of the clubs anyway, like, you know, they don't have access to their players. So I think you have, if you had definitely have that element down the middle where championship is not going to be played within a, club championship is not going to be played within a county championship season and have that split from there. I do think, Clubs need to be training and playing when we're when we're playing as well. They can play their leagues and maybe time from time to time you can dip in and out of those league games. And um, but yeah, there has to be a split down the middle in terms of championship anyway, without doubt. And and then maybe be nice to see like a bit of a longer lead in like down the years. Like we would uh maybe be knocked out a, a championship game by one the week after you could be playing a championship game with the club. So that's difficult. It can be difficult uh, at times doing that. Like you kind of want to check out or, or tune out of, of football for a little while and then go back into it again. So if you had that defined period from from moving from your county back into your club would, would definitely be great. But it's something I always look forward to, and especially over the last couple of years, we've been doing relatively okay. We're, you know, we've been competing in semi-finals and finals. I haven't got over the line yet. But yeah, I always enjoy going back and, and look forward to going back to it. And you mentioned as well um, playing college football. Um, the Sigerson Cup, 
I don't actually think people can explain how special the competition is unless you really play on it. Um, is what seems to be among most players who do play in it. Yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely a, a unique competition. Uh, something I enjoy doing. Um, I definitely like you know push lads to to go and play college football as much as they can. Like you know you have huge exposure to other county players and you learn a lot. You know through them. Um, especially where, where Sligo are at the minute, let's say in, in Division 4, like you can go to college and you're surrounded by Division 1 and Division 2 players, like it's only only a benefit to you and, and, and to your county as well. So, yeah, it's a great competition. And, you know, I know there's, there's been rumours and talks that like you're pulling county players from them, but I would definitely hope that that competition stays. I presume, I, I hope they can do something with it, maybe letting the games of them or something, but it would definitely. Know, keep that in the calendar year anyway. Would you learn a lot off some of the intercounty players you played with in the season? Yeah, definitely, definitely, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, you know, I opted out one year and I probably regret doing that. Um, I, de- I wish I wish I had played that year, but yeah, de- like definitely, we obviously was in DCU, like we had some great players around us, um, you know, a couple of Ireland winners and that. So yeah, you, you definitely you learn a huge amount from from them. Um, you see the level they're at, their athletic level, their ability, you know, how they're looking at themselves. And um, lucky to live with a couple of them as well. So, uh, so that was always nice, and it's always nice to bounce ideas off them too. So, yeah, it's definitely something I uh, enjoy doing. And 2017 as well, you're involved in the international rules. Um, it hasn't been played now for a few years. Would you like to see it come back? And is it a huge honour if you're picked for your country? Yeah, um, definitely a huge honour, uh, without a doubt. Like I know, you probably look back in the 2017, there was no Dublin players involved, um, which was you know, obviously a downside to that. But it's definitely definitely a huge honour, something I uh, really enjoy doing, even though I, I probably don't look back and back on it with the fondest of memories um, due to being sick and that. But yeah, like it's definitely a competition I'd love to see back. Uh, competition or you know, the style of football I really, really enjoyed playing. Uh, I always used to tune in when I was younger, so like, I think there's a little bit more marketing that could be done with it from, from the GA and from the, Aussie, from the Australian side of things where you could get it back up and running and have it at some sort of charity event or something like that. Um, yeah, there's definitely you know, there's definitely scope for it to, to be back into the calendar, yeah, and I think you know, players, players really enjoyed it, players loved it, like apart from Dublin being involved, not being involved, like, you know, we players from all the other top, top tiers and top counties that did play and I know like they, they loved it and loved the training and loved the experience of it Would you have found it hard at the start trying to adapt to the rules of the game? Uh, a little bit not too like not too much a um, couple of small little different rules that, that aren't in our in our sport that, that you do but look, look you do your you do your study and you do your research on it before you started and um, I think the first night we were up there, we kind of got a an overview of a prep of of the rules that were obviously uh, involved in it. Um, but yeah, it takes it, t- it took us a couple of sessions initially to to just get used to it, to get used to the set. Um, I remember one the biggest rule that we found difficult a lot was you had to hand the ball back to the player instead of like just throwing it on the ground or throwing it away. And that happens if you get brought up twenty or thirty meters. So that was that was definitely a rule that that we weren't used to. I think there's a bit of a, 
Uh, so it's culture in the GA that if there's a free, you, you try and hold on to the ball for as long as you can and you might ch- throw it behind them. So there's a few small things like that. The tackle obviously was a, was a different one as well, but I definitely like really enjoyed it. Like there's huge emphasis on, on skills, uh, athletic ability and skills is a massive emphasis. So if you kick, kick passing is, is nailed on, then, um, you know, it's a vital skill to have in it. And then just finally, a few quick fire questions. Um, who would you say has been the best player you've played with across really club, county, or college? Um, I've been involved in international rules with a few special players there, but um, like Michael Murphy was, was obviously huge, huge player. Um, Skill wise, then Shane Walsh from from Galway was just exceptional, uh, different level, like the skill the skill he had in him. So yeah, the two of them probably uh, from Sligo end. I always think of one player that a lot of people forget about. But that's Johnny Davy. He was a wing back for Sligo, a small, small fella, but lightning quick, and you always just love watching him going up. And um, the best manager you've worked under? Uh, tough one. Um, I always enjoyed and look back working under Nile Crew. He's a character at the moment, so yeah, he put a lot of emphasis on on the team and, and playing open football so I enjoyed working with him and uh, your best memory in Gaelic football as a player is over here um, maybe although it didn't go well we beat Roscommon in 2015 to get to the kind of final that was a good memory um, but probably haven't too hadn't, haven't had too many uh, many good memories yet so hopefully a few more of them in the future well, thanks many for your time now, Murphy, and best of luck whenever you season. Oh,